that's excellent. So number five, and I hope you haven't peaked too soon. What's number five? <laughs> <laughs> we should have we should have people rape you. Hello and welcome to episode 78 of Rockstar CMO FM. The M is for marketing and the F is for well you decide. As you're probably wondering, does the world need another effing marketing podcast? I'm your host, Ian Truscott, and this weekly podcast serves as my excuse to chat with marketing friends old and new that I've met through my career as a marketing leader, consultant and trusted advisor, and hopefully share with you some marketing street knowledge that'll bring out the Rockstar CMO in you. Come say hello. We are Rockstar CMO on Twitter and LinkedIn. This episode is recorded on Friday the 3rd of September. Thank you for joining me. I hope you've had a good week and you are well, safe and staying as sane as you feel you need to be. This week, I chat with Rockstar CMO advisor Jeff Clark. We continue our mini-series with Christina Del Villar discussing her book and her grit marketing methodology. And I kick off my weekend with a trip to the Rockstar CMO virtual bar with my friend and content marketing guru, Robert Rose. Right, let's get started, shall we? On to our first segment. This week, my chum, Jeff Clark, Rockstar CMO advisor and former research director at Serious Decisions Forrester, has turned his attention to waste. Welcome back, Jeff, to Rockstar CMO FM. How are you, my friend? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you. Two consistent weeks, two in a consecutive row. weeks in a row. Yeah, <laughs> consistent so, uh, and consecutive. Both. Yeah, yeah. So, so the end of the summer for you um, obviously means more time with me, which is can't be that good. <laughs> <laughs> so fair, fair point. You, you brought it up, and not me. <laughs> so last week, uh, we we were continuing our planning, discussing planning, and we focused on customer needs. And I uh, waffled on about about the needs for planning and stuff. Um, and at the end of that, you said this week we're going to talk about waste, which I'm intrigued by because uh, I am I want to hear what you mean by waste yes. and what it's... we can learn from other industries around that as marketers. So waste. What say you, Jeff? Well, you know, and I, I, I left that hanging because you know you people did. might be thinking, okay, was this about recycling um, or, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, waste disposal or what is it? Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the things that that uh, I mean, we've had discussions about playing. We've also had discussions about agile marketing process management, and mm-hmm. and one of the concepts that that I just found really useful. Um, as I was learning more about agile was uh, lean manufacturing mm-hmm. and the the concept of eliminating waste in in processes mm-hmm. and um, and uh, it I mean it's one of these things where it's like yeah I, I knew about lean manufacturing and I, I'd certainly experienced agile from a variety of uh, perspectives from you know web development you know yeah. just understanding how the software development process goes. And then I went to a workshop by a group called Agile Sherpas. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly, I think they're they're in the U.S. doing uh, training on agile marketing 
Uh, and um, so there was this, you know, part of the workshop where they were talking about work in process, which yeah. is a very, you know, manufacturing concept. And, and they started to make this, this kind of interpretation of uh, the lean manufacturing concept of the eight causes of waste to, uh, to well, agile marketing. Mm-hmm. And, and really, it's like, as I, the more I thought about it, it, it's like, well, and I've, as I've presented this and discussed this with, with clients when I was working at Forrester Serious Decisions, they were like, well, this, I mean, it, it kind of fits into Agile, but it really is something mm. that can be applied in any process where, because one of the, one of the definitions of, of lean is that it's about delivering more value to the customer. So, and frankly, if it's like, if you're not the, working on delivering more value to the customer, mm. um, then you shouldn't be in marketing. And yeah. if you are trying to deliver more value to the customer, then this episode of Rockstar CMO is for, uh, is for you. It's for you. <laughs> um, and, um, and so, and lean manufacturing, I mean, there are, there, there's more than just eliminating waste. There's kind of design out inconsistency. There's trying not to overburden resources. So it's, right. uh, and there's all these, the, uh, the Japanese terms of design out Miri, design yeah, out yeah. Mira. Eliminate Muda and Muda is waste. <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, I just I think that it's it's it is something. As I said, it's so it's, part, so, so it's related to planning then. It is related to planning mm-hmm. and 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 in in agile, um, you know, so often we think about agile processes as the execution of there's the scrum team and they're going doing work, blah, 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 blah. And we sort of, we forget about the fact that there's a lot of upfront work that has to happen to, you know, develop what the, the backlog of, Mm -hmm. of, of, of work to be done. Then there's the execution of the work. And then there's the part where we review what we've been doing Mm -hmm. and understand how we're going to do it better. Mm -hmm. And so these eight, causes of waste or these eight things to, to investigate really fit into kind of that planning phase, the execution phase and the review phase. Right. Right. All right. So, so you've got eight of those. So shall we run through I have them? got, let's, let's roll through them. Okay. So, so uh, what you got? In the planning phase, uh, mm-hmm. one of the things you want to eliminate conflicting priorities. Right. So, you know, there's always the, the squeaky rule gets the grease. You know, yep. somebody comes in and says, we got to, we got to, you know, my project is higher priority than your project. Yeah. Da, da, da. Yeah. And so, so, and that's part of, I mean, again, it's an agile, but this should be part of any, any group that is running a team that is mm-hmm. executing work, whether it's a campaign team, whether it's a creative services team, the web team, digital, et cetera, mm-hmm. they should be thinking about, okay, how do I prioritize the work that's coming ahead. And oftentimes that means I have to spend time talking to my internal customers about, mm-hmm. about what they're, you know, if, if I particularly mm-hmm. if I'm in a, in a more yeah. of a services role, I get to talk to the customers about what, yeah. what's the incoming work going to be. If, if I'm sort of planning my own, running my own kingdom and playing it myself, then I need to prioritize what, what's the work that's, yeah. that's coming down the pipe. Yeah. So that's one. Then the second mm-hmm. is to, identify dependencies. Right. So if, if, if people are going to start working on something, it's like, what yeah. do they need to have to start that work? And one of the, mm-hmm. the challenges is that, you know, you might start work on something and it's like, 
well, I don't have all the information. Um, mm-hmm. And and so in two weeks, I'll get this. In three weeks, I'll get that. And, and that creates a lot of inefficiency in and of itself. So mm-hmm. as the person who's managing the team, it's like, well, let's get as much information up front from stakeholders as possible. And right. You know, sometimes that that gets viewed as kind of, you know, overly bureaucratic. It's like, and and I've certainly run a lot of creative services organizations where it's like, okay, let's create the form that mm. people got to fill in. You know, who's this going to? What's yeah. the messaging? Da, 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 da. Yeah. And 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 so many people, you know, the internal customers are like, well, I don't know all this, and this is yeah. too much for me. But frankly, if they're not, if they're not gathering that information, they're not able to provide it to you. Then it's just. You know, you're you're well, basically starting out inefficient from the from the yeah. I think as well sometimes there's a clear qualifier as to whether you should be doing something. If somebody Ooh. can't tell you the audience need for a particular marketing activity or piece of content, then why are we doing it? You know. So yep. I think I think that's a really good process. So what's your yep. third one? Third one is maximizing um, the, the use of the resources. So you know. Mm-hmm. You know, people are your often your yeah. best resource, and so yeah. you know how can you explore the talents of the team to make sure mm-hmm. you're creating the right opportunities for people. You're using mm-hmm. their their talents. You're helping them stretch. Yeah. So it, it's that's the people management part. Yeah. But again, the manager re- needs to be focused on how am I making them as efficient and effective as possible to make mm-hmm. them successful. And you know, obviously, that success rolls up to you know the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to marketing overall. So, mm. so those three things, you know, eliminating the conflicting report priorities, be able to do a good job of prioritization, yeah. get all the dependencies up front or at least as much yeah. as possible. Think about how you're managing the team to execute. Yeah. Those are like three things that are that in the planning phase before anybody starts anything. Yeah, you need to um, yeah. you need to address. Well, particularly with the maximizing maximizing of resources, right? Um, because we often as marketers don't you know we have a matrix of of resources if you like at our disposal like freelancers agencies staff internally subject matter experts are outside of our business and getting that all marshaled and identifying and it's part of identifying those dependencies and getting that figured out is really kind of like just in time (laughs) <laughs> just well, in time manufacturing, isn't it? I, mean, <laughs> I need the content writer to be available then so that we and yeah, yeah i like that so what's number four well so now we we, we go into the execution phase mm-hmm. and so this is where you know uh, you know the team start work i mean if if we're yeah. thinking in agile this is where you've done your 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 mm-hmm. sprint your planning meeting got people going yeah. um so so one which relates to what we were just talking about is you got to reduce unplanned work. Right. So, so oh, having, gosh. having people <laughs> start and stop stuff. And, and this is one of the, one of the things is that the reality is there will always be unplanned work. Right? <laughs> yeah. the, the CEO comes down and says, my gosh, I've got, I've got a presentation to give to investors yeah. and, and I got an old deck and it needs to be updated with yeah. this, that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can't, you can't eliminate it totally, but what you want to do yeah. is you want as much work to be planned yeah. with a with a kind of a defined process around it, and yeah. to and whether it's whether it's a tough project or an easy project, you want to make sure that much as much as possible is planned, and there's a process yeah. behind it. So uh, I, is that really the the problem? Is that you're you know you're starting and stopping. Uh, yeah, people working on stuff, and it's like yeah. that switch from one. And this is yeah. where the concept of work and process really comes in, because if you actually go through the exercise 
of people switching from one yep. job to another job, or yep. then there's there is there's, there's so much waste in the transition. Yeah, yeah, and it's context switching. And I, I think if you didn't have a structure for this list, and the first three were about planning, and this is in the execution, I think this would probably. And I don't know what the other four are. It's a mystery for me. But I think this <laughs> probably this. I don't know what. I mean, the other four may be absolute bangers but this one i think would be top of most marketing leaders list isn't it the yeah. interruptions the unplanned work the tactical shit we need to get done i yeah. think that's excellent so number five and i hope you haven't peaked too soon what's number five <laughs> <laughs> we should have reached that people rate these I yeah that's one number one so number five is uh yeah. reduce unnecessary motions and um right as a as a company or as as a person coming from a number of companies that were uh, yeah. heavy on meetings, uh, uh, you you need to. I mean, people should be spending most of their time actually, you know, you know, working on the stuff that's creating the value you're trying to give to the yeah. customer. So you know, yeah. so and obviously in agile, it's like once you have your initial sprint planning meeting, then everything is supposed to be like a 15 minute check in, yeah. you know, stand up, you know, and and you know whether you take that literally or whether to my perspective, it's like I've, I've been through uh, you know, sessions where you try to understand what are the real purpose of particular types of meetings mm-hmm. and how can we make sure that the meeting, we don't just have meetings for the sake of meetings. And, and this isn't necessarily all about meetings, but it, it, is, it is about thinking about how am I making sure that people are mm-hmm. spending as much time as possible on the work they're supposed to be doing and not doing unnecessary things. And it could mean, you know, excessive rework because mm-hmm. we don't have a good review process. Yeah. There, there are other things that create these unnecessary emotions, but it just, mm-hmm. it's, it, 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 you know, I wrecks think, havoc on the team from a lot of perspectives. Yeah. And I think you've hit two, I mean, looking at my own calendar, <laughs> I mean, you've hit two, <laughs> two, two things right on the head, I think, which is a challenge, which is um, a lot of meetings, particularly, I think, I don't know whether it's now, more in lockdown that we're having more meetings or not but it certainly feels kind of that way and um, I, and certainly from a creative and content perspective rework good god you know something goes to pdf and you've already got the word work copy you've already got the copy approved in word and then you need then you start fiddling about with creative and pdf and you're like this is just painful i mean yeah. why didn't we figure it yeah i love yeah. that so Number six. Number six is avoid too much work in process. And and this kind of relates oh. to a lot of the other different pieces, but, but yeah. basically it's the idea that it's that if if you're watching, you know, and, and again, if if you're in more of a of a you know a services mode, you know, mm-hmm. and you and you're managing this and you're watching jobs go through the team and you see that things get hung up in certain spots mm-hmm. or and yeah. it's like so somebody's ready to do to yeah. do layout and yet the writer's not done. The writer's stacked up because he's yeah. waiting for things. And so, so this is more about, and if you think about, I don't know how many people can visualize a Kanban board, but the Kanban board mm-hmm. shows, you know, the different steps of the process of so the different swim mm-hmm. lanes of here's the different team skills. And so as you see things go through the process, the visualization helps you to say, Oh, look, my gosh, everything is stacking up on, yep. you know, John who's writing copy and yeah. the, the guy, the web, their web guru, who's going to put all this stuff up on the website mm-hmm. is sitting there waiting for twirling his thumbs. Yeah. So it's, 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 this is kind of like a, a balancing of a lot of the other, of the other yeah. elements, but seeing the process. Absolutely. And Ivan, 
Yeah, I run, okay. I run content marketing on a Kanban-born basis. Yeah. And um, the place I see the biggest challenges is usually around content approvals and oh. that that and the 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 kind of brief, subject matter expertise um availability for that and, and briefings and that if, if you were to look at my board it would be oh go I'm ahead i'm teeing up the next one you're teeing up the next one oh you can finish gosh. your sentence uh no i don't want to now i'm all excited <laughs> but yeah I, I mean my own personal experience just overlaying that on that point about avoiding that work in progress and finding that out so what's number seven i'm all excited lesson wait times oh yes so how much time is spent waiting for, you know, yeah. uh, whether it's the missing items in the initial yeah. uh, request or planning document, yeah. dependencies on approval cycles. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I've worked for, you know, CMOs where everything they wanted to, they wanted to review everything. And that's like, yeah. they're, they're always out of pocket. How do you get a hold of them? Mm -hmm. uh, it's in their, it's in their email. Mm. they're you know and and it's mm. like oh my gosh we just have you know we're, we're trying yeah. to hit a, a deadline and we told them that they had a, a day to turn yeah. around and it's three days now and yeah and and again that's that's really you know a lot of these things are are um you know on the shoulders of the person managing the team so that mm. they 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 see these things coming up these potential issues yeah. coming up and they they try to I mean, they have to spend their time actually, yeah. you know, uh, well, uh, you know solving I, for those problems. Yeah, and it's something you do in the planning phase as well, don't you? Because some of that is about priorities and making sure that everybody knows what the priority is and therefore that we need to get this thing to, through the approval process yep. and, and understand and get those subject matter experts oh. or the CMO or whoever it is needs to approve in the process early. And then, um, and then um, I think that, so, so, so we need to do that. But also, if you know full well that there is that very little chance this is going to get approved, are you right there, mate? Yes, I am. <laughs> very, yeah. very little approved. Very little uh, that you're going to get approved in. Uh, you know, it's going to take two weeks to get something through. Then, then you just factor that into the process. Yeah, absolutely. You, you make sure the person says they they finish their part. They put it in review. Yeah. They go off and do something else. Um, yeah. And this, this is truly where we're managing a team. I mean, this it's like you can't just put things in motion and and uh, yeah. you know go take a break and <laughs> say say uh, you know you guys got it from here. I mean, yeah. you really need to stay on top of what's the work that's going through the um, the, right. the, the group. All right. Yeah. Sorry for that interruption. There. I, oh, that's I, I, You disappeared off video, and then I heard this screeching noise. I thought you were strangling something. I, I, had, I had to put the window down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number eight, what are we looking Number what, eight. So we're, we, we're moved from the execution phase to the mm. review phase. Oh, okay. And, and this, this, this uh, final one is to stop over processing. Okay. So, you know, the cliche is that the perfect is the enemy of the good. Yep. And, and, you know, you've got to realize that there, there is a point where you got to finish work and it's like, yes, mm -hmm. we could, we could tweak this, we could do that or somebody, yeah one of the stakeholders says that, I don't know, I don't like that, whatever yeah. it is, that color, you know, I think the web page could look better, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and so you've got to understand, you know, where it's time to just like, okay, stop, this one's done. Mm -hmm. We're moving on to the next set of work. And, and in, in certainly in, in agile, there's the concept of doing reviews 
with yeah. external stakeholders and int- retrospectives with your internal team so that you guys can talk through these things and about how doing it better the next time, et cetera. Yeah. But you don't want to just say everything's got to be, you know, hundred percent perfect because that, that just means, you know, mm-hmm. nothing gets done. And uh, yeah. And it just becomes, yeah. I mean, it's not, it becomes not about delivering that value to the customer. It becomes hitting some other goal that is not necessarily terribly important. Right. And what was that one called? Because I was writing stop, notes. And I'm, stop, stop over-processing. Stop over-processing. I love that. And then um, because also if you're in, uh, we really need to think about this in marketing because um, or especially if you're working agile is that you've got to iterate. The thing that you've just created, however unperfect somebody may perceive it to be, is presumably better than the thing you have already. So for the person who's experiencing that, they're going to get a better experience than they had before. You know you can provide even better than that. So then just do another rev, do another iteration, but don't keep gilding this particular lily. Just go, you know, and then prioritize that iteration against all the other things you need to get done. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's better to have five good web pages about your five products and one perfect one right absolutely yes all right well that was splendid that was eight. That, we hit all eight we did you, you did you have any doubt <laughs> <laughs> i run a tight ship here jeff yes <laughs> you're maximizing the utilization of me yes and you. exactly Exactly. If I'd have known these eight before we started, then uh, I would have applied them to this very conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's, you did too bad. I, I love that. I love that. And so that's the reducing of waste. And um, so I shall. Um, I shall. I, I really need to write up some of these things that you share with us. I, these eight. I will. I'm going to these into a blog yeah. post. I will. Um, uh, I will send you my notes and uh, and, um, we'll and, and and I did. I did choose a song for this one, by the way, which That's we didn't discuss beforehand. You. Oh, oh, I'm in for a shock. <laughs> well, well, what's the track for this week? Well, I just I couldn't get it out of my head. Um, yeah, because there there are times for waste, but not at work. So the the yeah. tune I was thinking was "Wasted Away" in Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett. Oh, nice. And that'll go well with our, our session in the virtual bar with Robert later, where he's... Yes, you're t- I, I want to tee up the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I like a good margarita, particularly so, in the summer. So, so that's Wasted Away Margaritaville by... Mr. Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Well, we shall play out with that. And uh, I, I was thinking, what a waste by um, Ian Dury and the Blockhead. So I wasn't thinking of anything contemporary either when we were talking about waste. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll play out with that. And uh, will I see you uh, next week? Are you... Well, we have to, oh, we need to figure out on a calendar. I guess, uh, yes. yes. Yes, splendid. All right. Well, if we don't, then I'll leave that as a mystery for the for the listeners. And they might have to listen to me ranting on again. Um, (laughs) In the meantime, if people spin the dial on the interwebs, where are they going to find you, Jeff? They will find me at Mm rockstarcmoadvisors.com as well as uh, on LinkedIn. Splendid. Well, we share. Yeah, it's it's actually rockstarcmo.com slash. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had a margarita before I joined the (laughs) call. I love it. I love it. All right, mate. I'll see you next week. Sounds good. Yes, buddy. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. Watching the sun bake. All of those tourists covered with oil.
six train on my front porch swing. Smell those shrimp there beginning at the bar. Wasting away again in Margarita Searching for Thank you, Jeff, and a late 70s classic there, Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville. I suspect my regular punter in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar could certainly waste some time there. But we'll hear from Robert Rose in a bit. And in the meantime, it's on to my guest, Christina Delviar. Christina has had an impressive 25-year marketing career in Silicon Valley, holding senior marketing positions at Fortune 100 companies and startups. And she shared that experience and the methodology she developed along the way, helping those businesses grow and scale in her first book, Sway. Implement the gripped marketing method to gain influence and drive corporate strategy, which this week became an Amazon bestseller. If you listened last week, we kicked off a series discussing her grit methodology. We started with G, go to market, and this week move on to R, RPM. I hope you're enjoying this series and you enjoy this next conversation. Hello, Christina. Welcome back to Rockstar CMO FM. How are you? I am doing great, Ian. How are you? It's been, a, very it's been a short week. Yes. Has <laughs> <laughs> been fast. We had a bank holiday. Right. So, uh, yes, we, nice. uh, we, we've, we've, had, we've had a short week. Um, so, Christina, a quick reminder of who you are if people aren't listening to this mini-series. Sure. My name is Christina Delviar, and I have, have been a marketing executive in Silicon Valley for the past 30 years. Mm-hmm. And my focus has really been on go-to-market and marketing strategies. And as part of that, I just recognized that there were some sort of underlying issues that marketers were having, uh, sort of gaining influence and having a pretty fulfilling career. And so I wanted to help them out by giving them this, what I call the grit methodology. So Yeah. Yeah, and that's what we're running through. So just to remind yeah. listeners, we're talking about your book, Sway, Implement the Grit Marketing Method to Gain Influence and Drive Corporate Strategy. I, I mean, the length of that title every time I say yeah. It's, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It started off, so it started off as just grit. And then <laughs> and then my publisher, it just got longer and longer. And, uh, that's fine. <laughs> it's well, like we want to put everything in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, And I think when we first chatted back in May, you said it was good for SEO. So I think it's like- <laughs> right, exactly. I'm in marketing, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the second part of this little four-part mini-series where we're talking about the book. And last week we covered G go to market. So I'd recommend people go back to the last episode and listen to that. This week we're going to talk about R RPM, and we touched back. We touched on this really briefly when we first chatted in May. And about all we said on it, really, that it stands for repeatable, predictable, or measurable. <laughs> so I'm keen to know more about this. What does RPM mean? So RPM stands for repeatable, predictable, and and measurable. And the way I see it is, you know, marketers have a lot on their plate. We talked about this as part of the go-to-market strategy. Just in general, marketers, you know, they're they're focused on how they can help product. They're focused on their own programs and campaigns. They're focused on how to enable sales, and hopefully, they're focused on customers and and keeping those those folks loyal and expanding on on current contracts and clients. And so the 
in in doing that, it's just really critical to be smart about where you're spending your time and, and your resources. And the other component to RPM is, for me, I work in B2B. So when we're talking about the buyer's journey, there's mm-hmm. multiple, multiple people involved in that. It's not like, you know, one person's going to make a decision and, and be done, right? I mean, there can be up to like, yeah. you know, I've, I've seen like 27 people involved in, in a purchase. And so you can, you can go ahead and write 27 different case studies, um, which really would be <laughs> pretty time consuming. Um, or you can take the things that you know that have been measurable that you can tell are, 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 are working well mm-hmm. and have some predictable, um, you know, meaning like, you know, that people are going to read it, they're going to understand it, you know, what questions are going to come from that, and take that, and I call it a pillar piece, right? And so you have a pillar piece, maybe, that you take, and you're leveraging, and it's consistent across everything, but you're tweaking it just a little bit, so you can repeat, you can reuse, you can recycle, you can repurpose both your content and your marketing programs, so that you can really um, just apply a, a little bit of personalization or customization, but still get the the message across to all of those who, who are involved. So that is really, for me, it started off just because I, I, we just don't have time to create as much content. Mm-hmm. And I don't think creating massive amounts of content actually makes sense. It's like mm-hmm. create what you want, what's meaningful, and then figure out how you need to, again, sort of repurpose it potentially for different buyers, um, how you can, I, I call it pulling stuff out of the archives of the vault, you know, when you're like, oh, I need a, I need a white paper and I already have 10. Why, why yeah. would I write another one? Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's just really being smart about how you're leveraging the content and programs you can do with programs um, that you have. So um, yeah. w- one example is like for, if you're going to do, let's say you do a webinar, right? So then you do a webinar and then you take take that webinar content, transcribe it and turn it into a white paper, right? And then you take that white paper and turn it into 10 different blog posts. And for all of those, you have multiple ways of, of leveraging it through social media. And then again, you can repurpose it for different audiences. So if you have a CFO, maybe your ROI is more um, based on uh, like the revenue you're going to generate. Or maybe if you're talking to an IT person, you know, the ROI is the simplicity in the implementation. So you don't have to tweak it that much, mm-hmm. just enough so that your audience feels like you're talking to them. Yeah, no, I love that. And I love, as a content marketer, I love this idea of taking that pillar asset and then reusing, re-spinning it. Yeah. Uh, re, um, I, I should say remixing it, shouldn't I, on a Rockstar CMO program? Uh, <laughs> podcast, yeah. But it exactly. also sounds like, it sounds like to me, like, when you talk about RPM, you say repeatable, predictable, measurable. It sounds like you started with the M first, in that you started <laughs> through, from from measurement, right? Is that is that how is that your approach? Is it a data led approach that we talk about? It, it definitely is because if you think about, it, I think in the book I talk about this example of an organization that I worked with, and and I see this all the time. I think again, it goes back to executives and leaders and companies not truly understanding what marketing does, right? Yeah. And so they're like, well, just create more content, you know, put another white paper out there where, or, or, you know, they see like a competitor has, uh, you know, an article in, you know, Harvard Business Review. And they're like, we need a, we need an article in Harvard (laughs) Business Review. Like, well, our audience doesn't read Harvard Business Review. So I don't, I don't get that. But, um, and so you're going to start with a piece of content. You're going Mm -hmm. to, you know, massage it and iterate on it until you get to a point where you can tell that it is effective. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is, it is hard to 
measure um, for for content in particular. But this this also goes to your programs and your campaigns, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you do a webinar and it's super successful, then mm-hmm. would you then create an entirely new webinar that you don't yeah. you don't know how it's going to you know behave or how people are going to respond? Or are you going to take that and either you know do it again as like a simulcast or on demand, right? Yeah. Um, but going back to that example where like literally there was 30,000 pieces of content, 30,000 pieces of content. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And I was like, first I was like, Oh, this is great. We have so much content to choose from. And then I'm like, what the, what, what is, what is all this content? <laughs> and it was, it was stuff like, you know, they would write it and then like put it out one time and then yeah. that that's it. And it was just such a waste of, um, you know, of, of personnel time and, and, you know, you couldn't measure it. You, you had no idea how it was performing or anything. So, um, so I always like to do a content and program audit and I do mm-hmm. this, you know, often enough where I can take a look and see like what is performing well. Um, and, and I'm always surprised, like sometimes it's videos. And so then you focus on videos and then the a blog post does really well. And so you yeah. always have to be thinking about like, what, what is our audience looking at and what are they looking for? Mm-hmm. I would say the the you know re- repeatable it's it's one of those things where I can pull a white paper out a year later and send it I mean tweak it a little bit and update it if it needs to be but yeah. people aren't going to remember that they read that a year yeah, ago yeah, yeah. like I I, I mean I'm not going to remember that um yeah. and so why not take advantage of a piece that did well and and articulates what it is that you're trying to get across yeah, I think that's really interesting. And, and sometimes I've talked about this before in that we as marketers sort of have an obsession with youth, don't we, in terms, of, <laughs> yeah. in terms of our content. If it wasn't created in the last two weeks, then it's old and dead. It's and, old, I mean, I know dead. that marketing also has an obsession with youth that's a completely sure, different fair. thing. Sure, <laughs> fair when enough. When it comes fair to enough. content, it also applies, doesn't it? And that we're, um, And we just don't seem to look back. Right. our content catalog and look at what yeah. we could use for this particular campaign we always think we need to create new stuff so how do you um how, how have you managed to change that when you when you've talked to organizations and how do you what, what are the techniques you describe in the book yeah i think for for example the the first thing i normally do when i go into a company is do an audit again do an yeah. audit of their programs their campaigns the content that they have and really try to get a sense of why it was created in the first place who the target was and yeah. and how successful it was and that's yeah. not to say that um you know a piece might not have been successful that go round, so you just toss it out it might be it might be you just you, you get yeah. rid of it but it could be like for example maybe it was too technical and so that like for a webinar for example maybe it's too yeah. technical for somebody who hasn't purchased your product yet but okay. it's great as an advanced training for your customers right yeah. so you take that webinar and now you push it out to your customers as like a special advanced vip training and yeah. and that's like without having to create a whole new webinar and now you're making your customers happy. And so it's really just sort of thinking about like what, what content you have and what programs and, and how you can, again, sort of leverage them for, for other goals. Um, mm-hmm. And again, you can always do like, Hey, we're on vacation for a month. We're just pulling stuff out of the archives, top 10. Here you go. Um, yeah. You know, you can do that. And people are like, this is great. Cause I forgot about this article or I saw yeah. one and two, but didn't see five and six, you know? Yeah. So there's just lots of ways that you can be smart about it. And I do feel, that um, 
I think we all get into this cycle, like you're saying of, you know, we need to create, we need to create. And and part of that is just pressure that's put on us. It's like, you know, you know, what did you, what did you do this week? And one of the things that's super easy for us to say, you know, besides like, well, we had this many visitors to our site and we had this mm-hmm. many leads and this was a conversion. You can say, oh, we, you know, we, we got a press release out or we got two blog posts out or yeah. we, you know, and so it's really easy to say that, but is yeah. it, is it effective? Right. And you can still say you can still take that, you know, that pillar piece and, you know, reposition it and say, hey, we got we got three pieces out this week. We got a blog. We got a a new ebook and, you know, whatever, whatever else. And so I think it's it's just being really smart about how you're leveraging that. And and also we just we have so few resources as it is and so much to do that we, we need to be smarter. Yeah. And that's coming along every marketing team I've ever worked with. Well, um. From a measurement perspective, I like to say you're talking about um, content being successful. Now, we're not always in control of how successful a piece of content could be or (laughs) the people that create the content aren't right. So the content could be super relevant and really interesting, but it hasn't found its audience. How do you Mm -hmm. you have how have you sort of figured out whether this was actually a good piece of content that was poorly promoted versus, you know, that. You know, and 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 therefore respinning this is going to be great. Versus actually, this was just a poor piece of content. Right, <laughs> right. I have my what is what is it? I have columns, and it's a uh, keep, yeah. modify, or dump. Right, yeah, like yeah. there, it's just it's just not it's not helpful. What what I find is that pieces that are no longer applicable to our audience. Like maybe like I have seen people literally push content for a feature that doesn't exist. Right? right. So like, why, right. why would you do this? That's one of the right. areas where I would like automatically just sort of dump it. Um, right. And, and for the pieces that I think are successful, those are the ones that people keep, you know, th- that they um, gravitate towards. Um, and, and again, we're part, we're partially responsible for that because we're, we're pushing it, but you mm-hmm. can also tell usually there's a lot of technology and we'll get into T and tools and technology later, but yeah. um, <clears throat> There's definitely ways to see, you know, how, you know, how many of them are downloaded, what is the engagement, um, you know, that sort of thing. The other thing that I like to look at is, um, are people sharing your content, right? Like if they think it's a really good piece, they're going to share it, um, with others because they think that it's significant. And that could be whether it's internally to, you know, the rest of the buyers in that buyer journey or externally to other and other folks that are in their, their network. And so I just kind of like to look at that and see what's, what's happening with that piece. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And there was one piece. So we talked about it being repeatable, and I, lo- I love that the the fact that we need to reuse our old content and and um and value it. And yeah. we started with measurement. But what what do you mean by predictable? What what's the the P in RPM? We need to yeah. So for me, the the predictable is you get to a point, and some of it is you know I've been doing this a long time, so I have a really good sense of you know, what, what is going to be a good piece of content that I can either Mm -hmm. reposition or repurpose, or again, you know, if you're doing a webinar, you know, you have an idea of like what that, what that shelf life is. And so it's just, it's getting to a point where whether it's through technology or through sort of your, your, you know, years of experience, you know how this piece is going to perform, or you know how this kind of campaign is going to perform. And to get even deeper again with, with our tools, we can really tell like, we can tell like how this is going to perform with this 
type of um, customer and, and our, our target audience, right? I mean, it takes some, sometimes it takes a while to get to that point. And that's, that's what we're trying to do though, is we're trying to get to a point where it is predictable right. um, so that we know if we put this webinar out, we'll have this many people attend. Right. This is the conversion that we'll have. And this is how long it will take until right. it converts. Revenue. Right. So it's not just the predictableness that we talk about in content <clears throat> marketing, that we are going <laughs> to show up every week with a particular piece of content. It's actually right. that we can predict the performance of the content exactly oh, yeah. Perfect. yeah 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 and i think that i mean we're you know we're all pretty savvy and you know some you can call it your gut you can call it anecdotal you can yeah. leverage the tools and technologies but i mean you yourself you you have a good sense of how a piece is going to perform right yeah. when you do that and and then again that goes back to the repeatable if it performs as you predicted and yeah. it it hit the targets and it did what you wanted it to do. Why not continue using yeah. it maybe yeah. in a different format or pulling it out six months later or, or whatever. So that's perfect. All right. That's it. Uh, we've uh, come up to time again. So oh that's, I know. I know. Uh, so that's, um, so that's uh, the R in grit, which is RPM, which is repeatable, predictable, and measurable. Um, and as a reminder, your book is called Sway, Implement the Grit Marketing Method to Gain Influence and Drive Corporate Strategy. Next week, we'll be discussing the I in grit which is intention, if I remember correctly. Yes, that's correct. And in the meantime, uh, and thank you very much. We're halfway through this thing. Thank you very much, Christina, for, yeah. um, for coming on again. But when folks spin the dial on the interwebs, where are they going to find you? They can find me at christinadelviar.com and they can find more about the book at swaythebook.com. That's Pretty fantastic. Simple. Thank yeah. you very much, Christina. And I'll Thanks, see you man. next week and we'll be talking to intention. Intention. Let's do it. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you, Christina. So that's RPM. I love Christina's love of when an acronym comes together. Next week, we move on to I, intention. I will, of course, include a link to the book, all her links in the show notes. Please look her up. Writing a book and promoting it is hard work. And if you're enjoying this conversation, I'm sure she'd be delighted to hear from you. Right. It's that time of the week. It's Friday evening. Time to wind down. And while it might not be Margaritaville, join my friend and content marketing guru, Robert Rose, in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar. Good evening, Robert. What are you drinking? Oh, hello, my friend. I, it's nice to see you here in the bar. I mean, I, I, I guess we're almost getting to the end of summer. I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, it's 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 getting close here. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's um, you know, here. I mean, it's going it's going to be hot here in in Southern California for some time. But here in the mm -hmm. bar, I think we're 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 starting to feel the the first part of fall because. Football is upon us, of course. American football is upon us, yes. and you know, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, and so tonight, mm -hmm. uh, I thought we would basically celebrate the end of summer, the end of the heat, um, as it were, with a summer drink, uh, typically a summer drink, um, but also um, sort of, you know, as we start getting some of our time uh, back and, and starting to think about, you know the summertime and then, and, and yeah. you know, the, the time that we have for a vacation, the time that we have for 
relaxing and as we move into the busier part of the year, certainly for those of us that are involved in marketing and conference mm-hmm. season and all those mm-hmm. kinds of things that are going to start yeah. taking our time back. So a little play on words here. I'm making us a my what I'm calling a my time, nice, um, which would be basically <laughs> a a a you know a little bit of a twist on a mai tai, mm-hmm. um, you know, very you know fun little tiki drink, um, yep. usually with an umbrella in it of some kind, um, and of course uh, you know the 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 classic mai tai with white rum and a little mm-hmm. orange curacao, uh, a little lime juice of course, um, and then. I put in a little dark rum too, you mm-hmm. know, just to, you know, you give it a little bit of a, a color uh, there. And of yeah. course, more rum is better than less rum. Absolutely. Um, and then mint. Yeah, putting yeah. in a little mint as well. We'll, nice. we'll, 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 yeah. That sounds splendid. And I, I, I hadn't, I hadn't, I've not experienced a Mai Tai with dark rum and light rum in it. So that sounds absolutely delicious. I'm big well, fan one of the of things that's rum. key here is that mm-hmm. if you get it, 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 it's really about the presentation more than anything else. Uh-huh. So, you of course mix all these things together in a shaker, the white yeah. rum, but don't but don't put in the dark rum yet. Put in basically everything else mm-hmm. um, into a shaker, shake it up, pour it over ice, and then add the dark rum on top, and you'll get this beautiful little layer nice. of, of rum there that's just absolutely oh. spectacular. Oh, that's, that sounds delicious! And with the welcoming back of the um, of the football season, if I can just plug your podcast with with Joe Polizzi and this old marketing. I'm, I'm going to be pleased to hear NFL talk instead of NFT talk, if that's <laughs> Yes, that is almost assuredly true. That's right. And that really, right. honestly. Although no. both will probably enter into the picture at some point. <laughs> yeah. Although, you don't, um, yeah, don't worry about your international audience. Stick with the NFL over the NFTs. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, so I'm yeah. going to start mine off and, and see if I can create my own my time uh, based on the ingredients I have in my desktop bar. Um, I'm going to kick off with some ice, which I believe you did as well, and then, oh, that's cool. That sounded like a genuine, th- this is the genuine bottle. This isn't me fiddling about with sound effects in my new role as 1950s radio play producer. That's right. Um, this is me, me Hendrix Luna Gin, which is this wonderful stopper on it. Splop a bit of that into the thing. Genuinely doing it. And then, um, what did you put into yours? Well, there's <laughs> white and dark rum, which it doesn't sound like you're going to have, uh, although there mm. is. Um, uh, is there a dark gin? I don't think there's really a dark gin. Oh, that um, needs exploring, doesn't that it? That does, doesn't it? Mm. Um, a, a sort of a, 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 a mm. aged gin that would, I don't know what yeah. you would put in it. I, I'm not sure that would work at all. But um, mm. Sounds yeah. interesting. But in the meantime... While you were while you were distracting the listener with that wonderful idea, I've slipped in some Indian tonic water into my I see I into see. my glass. I see. Uh, not curacao or not no. you know lime, of course, but yes, close I've, enough. I've used the most exotic ingredients I can find on my desktop. I see. Bar. <laughs> yeah, all, it's, all your, it's the it's the English version of a tiki drink. Yes, it is, yeah. and I don't have an umbrella either. Which no, is I'm, I'm, I'm sure you. Well, you do have an umbrella, but not one that would fit into the glass. No, sure. that's true. <laughs> yeah, being British, there's one just over there in my work bag for sure. Let me give this a try. Mm. Oh, that's delicious. I do like that. That is definitely what I'm going to drink during my time, and uh, I think this evening is going to turn into my time. 
Very nice. Thank you very much, Robert. Of and uh, you were co- so I've just given the name away, haven't I? What do we call it? That was the my time. Yeah, that's, I, very I, nice. that's what we delicious. that's what we called it. Yeah. Absolutely delicious. And um, I, I was going to make another reference to your um, to your podcast when you were talking about umbrellas, because apparently the kids have got to be careful about umbrellas in their drinks. According that's to right. according to they your friend Dave Yes, they have to be <laughs> careful. I guess this is this was something I was I I, I just learned about. Yes. yes. Yes, I won't share it here. I'll let people go and listen to your podcast about Joe's stories of sending his boys off to university, which is really cool. Uh, but I imagine that there are at least a couple of people that I know that listen to this and to your podcast as well, so they know what we're talking about. Um, I So uh, where would we be drinking these and being very careful about keeping on our umbrellas? You know, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I Last uh, week, we, mm. we ended up in Mallorca. Yes. And I now have sort of travel fever, as it were. Nice. Um, And so I realized that one of the places that we have not gone yet is Mm -hmm. really, I mean, I think we went to Brazil once, but but we have not gone to South America. Um, And one of the reasons is because I have not gone to South America. uh, And 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 so I often overlook it. Um, and so I wanted to not overlook it. So I started looking mm-hmm. around for places for us to go. And, and I think I found a place that, you know, so in Peru, of course, the immediate knee jerk is to go, oh, you've got to do Machu Picchu, right? You know, mm-hmm. and of course, at some time in my life, I am going to get to Machu Picchu. And just because that's, you know, you, you have to do that as part of your life at some mm-hmm. point. And so... Hopefully I'll do it while I'm still in physical enough good health to be mm-hmm. able to walk up that hill. But um, the where I really wanted to go was this place called Cusco. Have you heard of this place? No. Yeah. So there's this, there's this little city. It's not that little, actually. It's 400,000 people strong, I believe. Um, and it is inland uh, up in the mountains. And it's just spectacularly beautiful. I mean, uh-huh. it's just... It looks amazing. And of course, I know nothing about it, um, but it looks like a wonderful, wonderful place to be. Um, I have no idea whether drinking our Mai Times there would be, you know, would be appropriate or mm. whether we should be having things like, you know, rice and, and great, you know, steaks or something like yeah. that, you know, yeah. um, but, um, you know, or quinoa as it were, um, <laughs> you know, but it just looks like an amazing place to be yeah. out in the middle of nowhere, quiet, yeah. um, and just like a wonderful, wonderful place. So I, I encourage all the listeners to look up Cusco, Peru, because yeah. I definitely want to go there. Yeah. And I love the idea of us having this me too time and these me too drinks too. It's like, yeah. oh, no, that's not, yeah, that is what we're drinking this week. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some more gin. More gin. So that sounds wonderful. And it's so so peaceful and beautiful. And we've got these lovely drinks. And of course, we're talking about high art and history and and culture. And then finally, we get around to the topic of marketing. <laughs> what are we going to be discussing this week? Yeah, it's well, it's got to do with time. So you'll see, you know, that we actually do put a little thought in here in the bar about <laughs> theming our drinks. But it does have to do with time. Do you rem- Have you ever heard of the quote? that often gets attributed to Einstein that says, you know, if I were given one hour to save the planet, I'd spend 59 minutes defining the problem and one minute resolving it. It sounds about right. It sounds like something yeah. you'd say anyway. 
Yeah, well, he didn't, um, of course. Um, he didn't say that. Um, and, th- you know, there are so many versions of that mm-hmm. quote um, yeah. that are, you know, that always go around. There's one that actually, you know, from, from it's funny, it's from 1973, which, of course, is 12 years post his death. Um, you know. <laughs> he was but, that uh, good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, it, he's, he's still speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is, you know, if I were given an hour to do a problem, uh, on which my life depended, the quote says, um, I'd spend 40 minutes studying it, 15 minutes reviewing it, and five minutes solving it. You know, you often hear versions of it like, mm-hmm. if I had an hour to solve a problem, I'll take 55 minutes to look at the problem and then five minutes to solve yeah. it. You know, it gets it gets used a lot, right? Yeah. And here's the thing that almost nobody does that I, I but I just sort of... I, I sort of brought it up to a few people and it seems to resonate because every time I've heard that quote, and maybe this resonates with you, it's just something about it that makes you go, no, that's, that's not, (laughs) no, no, no. I I know that Einstein said it, but no, that doesn't sound right at all. Like, I mean, really, right. I mean, if you learned on Monday that a crisis is going to affect your company or your family on, by the following Sunday, would you really spend all week until 10 p.m. the Saturday before going thinking about it? No, you wouldn't. That's, that's just silly. It's just, you know, I mean, look, let's hope we're never in a situation where we've only got an hour to save yeah. the planet. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's another, I mean, so Abraham Lincoln, there's a quote that, of course, he never said either that says, you know, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four sharpening yeah. the axe. Um you know, the, the point of all these quotes um, isn't about how much time we spend thinking and preparing. The yeah. point is, is that we're taking some time, you know, to yeah. understand and prepare for whatever challenges we're going to face. And the thing is, we don't, as humans, you know, but, but specifically as businesses, we don't do that very well, right? We, we're, we're not terribly rigorous in defining the problems that we're trying to solve or planning and, and, and looking yeah. at that sort of thing. Yeah. And one particular point of this is in content management, when we're looking at marketing and communications specifically, is this idea, and we've talked about this on the show, is this conflation of content planning and production planning, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, we're so worried as marketing about whether we're going to fail to produce some requisite number of content assets that the business yeah. is asking for that the business never takes the time to ask whether we should, right? right. Which yeah. brings up, of course, another great quote from the movie Jurassic Park where, you know, you've got the famous mathematician played by Jeff Goldblum going, um, well, you know, you're so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think of whether they should. Yeah. And, and so we skip it, right? We skip this because we're so worried about how fast we can produce stuff and we skip right from the whether we should create this piece of content to how are we going to meet all this yeah. InDesign, Adobe, Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, Photoshop madness that we've gotten ourselves into. We mm-hmm. don't do content planning. We do production planning. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is that you've actually got to stop and take the time to bring people together regularly, not just once a year when you all get together at the hotel and <laughs> have pizza, but to think about yeah. what should be done and what shouldn't be done, more importantly. Yeah. And it involves considering content ideas and needs and updates and requests without worrying about how to get it all produced. Mm-hmm. Because 
I hear this pushback all the time. When I start suggesting this as a part of the process, what the pushback is from usually deeper in the organization from those who request content is like, well, that sounds like it's going to slow us down. Yes. And and what if we don't have time then to create all this content because we're yes. spending, you know, and I'm like, look, I'm not suggesting that you spend 98.3% of the time, <laughs> by the way, which is spending 59 minutes thinking about a problem in one minute. That's 98. I'm not suggesting you spend that. Yeah. Right. But spoiler alert. Yeah, it is going to slow you down and you yeah. should slow down the creation and yeah. planning process. But the benefit you get is that speed and agility and clarity of purpose yeah. that you get on the backside of things. And it's, you know, at, to, to, close out here and to paraphrase another thing that Einstein never said, it's yeah. like we can't solve a content problem using the same mindset that created it. And so yeah. that's, you know, that's, that's what I'm thinking about as we dance around in Peru. Yeah. I love that. And I love that. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we talk about planning a lot on, on this show and it's finding the time to do that and to, um, to put the priority on that over the top of execution, because there's, there's a certain level of um, uh, fulfillment uh, both personally and as a group, right, is you getting shit done. And it feels great, but you're doing the wrong stuff or, you know, you could have done better or, you know, and you're missing these opportunities that you don't see because you don't do the planning. It's this, you know, it's the same energy. Yeah. You know, and I struggle with this, honestly. Yeah. It's the same energy of sitting down before you go to the grocery store and putting oh. a list together. You know, mm -hmm. you, and what do you do if you're like me? What you do is you you start you you start to go. You open up the refrigerator, yeah. and you go, got to go to the grocery store. All right, let's go. And then you start yeah. to put that list together, and you go, you know what? I'm just gonna figure yeah. it out when I get there because yeah. I don't want to take the time, right? I don't, yeah. I you know, it'll just take me too long to sit yeah. down and put together the list. Yeah. And then you get to the grocery store, and you either forget something inevitably, yeah. or you buy way more than you needed. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you come home with that, you know, that you're like, oh, of course we need butter, right? And you come home and you've got five cases of butter in the refrigerator. <laughs> and you're like, well, I guess another, you know. And so, and it's the it. same energy. It's the same energy in business, but only here what we're talking about is content, right? And it's like, yeah. we think, we believe it's just going to be a lot easier to just deal with it as it comes in. Yeah. And candidly, it is. It is easier to just deal. It's easier. It's yeah. not, doesn't mean it's. Um, and we can scale to it and we can actually yeah. physically accomplish it, yeah. but it is easier to not deal with it than it is to deal with it because dealing yeah. with it means suggesting to some people that their idea isn't that great and yeah. we shouldn't do that. And yeah. suggesting to other people like, yeah, I know you want to do that, but you should wait. Yeah. And, you know, so it's really, it's this, it, it you know, Michael Porter, as we've talked about on this, you know, talked about mm -hmm. the five forces and strategy. And one of yeah. them is deciding what not to do. Yeah. And it's it's one of the five core forces. And it's it's a huge piece of planning, which is deciding what we're not going to do. And yeah. in content, we just so rarely do that because the risk is seen as being so small. It's like, well, why not just do it? Why not just produce yeah. that white paper? Why not just produce yeah. that blog post? Why not yeah. just produce that crappy infographic? What could yeah. hurt? You know, yeah, what could I, it hurt? Yeah, we got some bandwidth with the freelancer. We'll just toss it over there and we'll do a poor yeah. job. But hey, we'll it's get just, it done. It's just one more piece. Of course, yeah. it's just throwing another piece out there. It can't yeah. hurt anything. Yeah. And the answer is, yes, it can, first of mm -hmm. all. Yeah. Because we need to remember that 
a you know there's no such thing as a as a as a an impartial or sort of a neutral content experience if it's not positive it's negative mm. right you know and so so if you're creating a neutral content experience for a customer there's no such thing it's yeah. a negative it's a negative experience <clears throat> if it's neutral yeah. and the second thing is is that it's taking our time away from more important things yeah yeah even if it was to think about how to be innovative um, right. I mean, pumping out more of the grey bland stuff, and I really like that actually. That that moving the needle from from well, you know, it's the same as everybody else does. We're cranking this out, and for from from for you to have to hold the bar, which is if it's not if it's not positive, it's negative, and so just producing that me too grey undifferentiated content. Oh, I've played. I, I now have. I now have that piece of content on, I don't know, security or whatever it is that everybody else has got. And it's, you know, then it's negative. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And um, so, and as I always uh, ask you on uh, when, we, when we talk about these things, how, how do, what advice do you give about lifting ourselves out of this? And, and how do you say no nicely to um to these folks that really think their thing is the most important thing. Well, the the answer is is that you can't show it until you do it, right? right? And so the you know, in other words, you can't really demonstrate the benefit of planning until you know. Yeah. And of course, what we're talking about here is you know is the famous you know plans are useless and planning is everything, right? Yeah. And so the the, the list, the grocery store list, the, yeah. the project list. Yeah. is not the important part here. It's the making a decision about what is important for mm -hmm. us to prioritize. And so yeah. once you do that and once you start executing against that, yeah. you know, the messiness is okay. Yeah. I'll give you an example of that because one of the things that I, you know, somebody said to me is, well, we don't really get a lot of value out of our editorial calendar. Mm -hmm. And I said, but you have one. And he said, well, yeah, we have one. Mm -hmm. And it's like, right. It's not the, it's, it's not that you adhere to the calendar because you don't, it's messy. We're, the mm -hmm. life is messy. Stuff gets in the way. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you at least know that you're going outside the bounds, yes. right? you know that you're breaking the yeah. rule, you yeah. know that you're improvising in the moment. Yeah. That's what gives you, it's the organization that gives you the ability to improvise. Yeah. And so, what what tends to happen is when we put this in place is that it kind of works and it kind of doesn't right from a okay the list was great you know you get to the grocery store and you go yeah i would have remembered butter i you know and yeah. i would have remembered not to get yeah. but yeah i would have yeah. done that yeah. you know but it's that confidence in your head that allows you to improvise and go you know what i am going to buy an extra thing of butter now because yeah. i want to and yeah. you know and and all of that and what you see after you start doing it and demonstrating it is, yes, it does slow down the process in the beginning, yeah. but it exponentially speeds up the process in the end. And ah. once you can demonstrate that, now all of a sudden you're talking, right? Because now you've you've managed to speed up the entire process and make it more efficient and effective yeah. and given your time to think about quality over quantity and all of those wonderful things we talk about. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you've you've now given yourself time back mm -hmm. in your you know in your business to think about other things and that's the I've, that's where creativity comes in that's where innovation comes in and you're not just checking the boxes 
Yeah, and I think and that time element. I think we should discuss this one time in the bar. And I've I've never suggested a topic before. <laughs> I always just go with whatever you've got. But I think that time thing is interesting because the perception of the of of the efficiency of the time. And we we just assume that everybody's you know you, we don't you know it's not like we're in an agency and we sorry if you're an in-house team anyway you don't track time sheets and all that kind of stuff. It's very hard to do a retrospective on time. And I think once you start understanding that and communicating around how much time something's going to take and the efficiencies that we can gain, you, you, unless you know the time, you can't really rate the efficiencies and stuff. Is that exactly? Yeah, and 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 I think one of the keys there is again knowing versus mm-hmm. valuing, right? Mm-hmm. In yeah. other words, we can look back and we can rationalize about how we yeah. spent our time and 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 how yeah. we do that. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, the classic is, you know, you 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 hire somebody to to assist you with something, right? Yeah. And one of the classic excuses that we always give ourselves is, "Well, it'll just take me too much time to teach them how to do this, yes. so I might as well do it myself." Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's yeah. like, n- no, yeah. think about that in the long term. Yeah. Because. Yes, it will take you more time to teach this yeah. person in the short term yeah. to teach them how to do this than it would be to do it yourself. But once yeah. they're up and running, yeah. now you've not only freed that time up for yourself to do this sort of menial task or whatever it is you're hiring this person to do, yeah. but the time you've now freed allows you to do yeah. more important things. That's yeah. the important thing. The thing you don't know yet. Yeah, that that's what's important is the thing you don't know, which is how are you yeah. going to spend all this time that you have, yeah. that you've gained from this, yeah. and that's the value to the business. And quite frankly, is the pushback because everybody goes, well, I don't know, I'm going to spend all this extra. What am I going to do with all this extra time? Well, maybe I'm just going to do more stuff, you know. And, and it's like, and it's a discomforting thing, right? It's a yeah. discomforting thing to go. Yeah, I'm going to actually have to do smarter, better, bigger things because yeah. I've got this time back. And again, it's easier to just let it go. Let, yeah. let you know, just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. And you know, but we know the famous you know saying of what happens when you do something over and over and over again and expect different results. Yeah, exactly. I love this, Robert. And um, we, we've gone a little bit longer than we usually do. And there's so many things I could pick out of this. I love You've your taking analogy. too much time. Yeah, I love. Yeah, we should be doing some planning. I love your I love your analogy about the uh, grocery store because I think that when um i think people come into the content grocery store without a list and they're hungry right and whenever right. you go shopping when you're hungry that's the worst thing right so i think that's an excellent analogy that I'm, i might steal and that's there's a blog post there somewhere i think so yeah. thank you for that robert and talking of blog posts if one wants to search for some great blog posts about content marketing where might they find them well, if one wants, one should. <laughs> and if one should, one could mm-hmm. go to contentadvisory.net where one might mm-hmm. find some good posts about all the things that we talked about here. That sounds splendid. And if people spin the dial on the interwebs, where are they going to find you? All the, you know, all the places. Yeah. You know, yeah. not, not Clubhouse, but everywhere else is yeah. fine. Well, I can even find you on Discord, but I won't mention that. <laughs> yeah, I can. You know, I'm there, right? I'm I'm trying this Discord thing out. It's kind we're of down interesting. with the cool kids, right? And, yeah. Um, uh, so, um, will I find you? The most important place, obviously, is the bar. Will I find you in the bar next week? Well, of course you will. 
Excellent. Well, I shall see you then. And thanks for the excellent drink recommendations and uh, and for your advice. I'll see you next week. Thank you, Robert. So like Einstein didn't say, plan, but maybe not spend 90% of your time sharpening your axe. So that's a wrap on episode 78 of the Rockstar CMO FN Marketing Podcast. I've been your host, Ian Truscott. And thanks again to Jeff, Christina and Robert. I really appreciate their time sharing their insight with us. So please check out their work. You can find all their links in the show notes in your favorite podcatcher and at rockstarcmo.fm where you can also find all our previous episodes. But most of all, thank you for dropping a dime into your podcasting jukebox, selecting our track and driving along with us. Let me know what you think or if you have any suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. We are Rockstar CMO on Twitter and LinkedIn. And please leave a rating or review in your favorite podcatcher or just keep listening. I'm glad you're here. Next week, I have another session booked with Jeff. It's I for being intentional in part three of our series with Christina Del Villar. And hopefully, I will find Robert Rose in our Rockstar CMO virtual bar. Until then, I hope you have a great week. And I hope you'll join us again next week here at Rockstar CMO FM. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.